Now, I've been talking to you about creating your future for a few weeks, and, and uh, let's just start off by reading Genesis 1-1 with me, and look how God did it. In the beginning, God created or prepared the heavens and the earth. The earth was without form and void, and darkness was on the face of the deep. And the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. Then God said, let there be light. And there was light. Let's pray. Father, in Jesus' name, let your word create an explosion in our faith and in our life. Let everything change today because of your words. In Jesus' name, and everybody said, amen. You are created in God's image and in his likeness, meaning you look like him and you're like him. You act like him. You, you have his temperament and his behavior. You're like him. God is a creator. Whatever God desires, he creates it through the power of faith by speaking it. When God wants something, you look at it in Genesis, when God wants something, he uses his faith and he speaks it into existence. Now, we said last week, to understand faith is to understand that the invisible world is not subject to the natural world. The natural world is subject to the spiritual world because in Genesis, we see that the spiritual world created and contains the natural world. God didn't come from the world. The world came from God. God created it. God spoke it, and it was. So we understand that it is not what we do that controls God or the spiritual world, it's the spiritual world that controls the natural world. So when you want to change the natural world, you have to go to the spiritual world. So if you can affect the spiritual world, you can affect the natural world. If you can create something in the spiritual world, it will come into the natural world. So God wants us to do the same. I've said it before. God doesn't want us to be... Um, dependence he has called us descendants he would rather teach us how to fish than keep giving us fish he'd rather teach us how to create rather than keep creating for us because we're in his image and his likeness he wants us to learn so we need to become like him we don't need to ask God to dumb down to become like us we need to rise up to become like him into the world of faith so you can see there's like a line in the, in the world, in the spiritual world. Everything above it is the world of faith where everything is true that God said and every promise is true. And then you can receive everything God said you can have. Then under that line is all the contradictions and challenges that you have in the world. You need to live above the line. The Bible said the just will live by faith. You need to live above this line where you call those things that are not as though they are and you enter into the best you, which is the you that connects with God's power. Your greatest potential is not in your personality or your abilities. Your greatest potential is in your ability to connect with God and bring heaven to earth. Right? Doesn't it say in the Lord's Prayer, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in So your potential is to bring heaven to earth. Faith has the potential to bring whatever. You think there's any sick people in heaven? I don't think so. There's any poor people in heaven? I don't think so. His will is done in the earth like it is in heaven. So God wants heaven in your earth. But this, the, the, the amount of heaven in your life will be determined by your ability to step into the realm of faith. 
Some of you say, well, it's just up to God, whatever the Lord wants. No, it's not, it doesn't work that way. This covenant is this way. You bring faith and I'll bring power. The level of the faith you bring is the level of the power that I bring into your life. So whatever you lack, don't blame God. Because it's an agreement, a new covenant that says, if you believe what I said, I'll bring it into your life. I love Jesus. He didn't make excuses. He just said it how it was. And we said the three stages of creation were what? Number one, preparation. In the beginning, God prepared. So it's free to dream. So when you are creating, God wants to know what you think. God doesn't want you to give you a car that you don't want or a wife that you don't want. Come on, somebody. Right? He, he includes you in the creative process. So preparation is to know what you want. Know what you want so bad you're willing to fight for it. What is it that you want so bad that you're willing to fight for it? That you're willing to pray for it? That you're willing to pray the price? What is it that you want that bad? The enemy wants you on neutral going along for the ride. But God is calling you above that line and say, come on, how bad do you want it? Right? Everybody wants a Mercedes until you see the price tag. And then you don't want it as bad. I thought I wanted it until I, started, I looked at it and I thought, that would be great. Until you saw it was $72,000 and you're like, you know what, that just desire just left me right away. I suddenly am starting to like Toyotas a lot more. I'm starting to get a desire because when it comes down to the price, we're going to find out how bad you want it. So you got to want something bad enough, you have to prepare and say, I know exactly what I want. This is what I've asked God for, and that's why the promises are there. God gives us great and precious promises so that through those promises, it activates our faith. God promised it to you, but you have to fight for it. And if you don't have the courage to fight, you just walk around the desert, and you'll never get into the promised land. You have to be willing to say, I'm not going to live without the blessings of God in my life. I'm not going to live that way. I'm, everybody else does, so what? I'm not living that way. I'm going to have all the promises of God in my life, and I'm willing to fight. So that's when we take the promises and we begin to apply them to our life. Preparation, we said, we have to activate our holy desire for things, right? We said the top five desires that people have, A, physical health. How many want to be physically healthy? And it, look, you're about to get physically healthy. You're going to live long and prosper, right? God's going to bless you. Jesus died so that you could live a successful life, a healthy life. Physical health. Number two, marriage, love and marriage. Everybody loves that. If you're not married, you want it. If, you're, if you are married, you're still wanting it. <laughs> and then, then, uh, then third is what? Our precious children, right? Man, if that doesn't get your desire going, like, I want God to bless my kids. I want my kids to be protected. I want my kids to reach their potential. Look, if that don't get you going, then I don't know if anything's going to get you praying. If you can't, let me put it in the positive, that will get you going. It'll activate your desire because even though you might not care a hoot about yourself, you start thinking about those kids, and you're like, I want God's best for those kids. Come on, wave at me if you're with me, right? Number four is what? Your ministry. Your ministry. When you leave here, you don't take money or houses. You take the people you influence for Jesus. You must release your faith so you don't end up empty-handed on judgment day. That your life was worth nothing. That you want to make sure your life counted. That the cross, what Jesus did for you, was multiplied in the earth. You got to believe God for a great ministry. And most people, they just don't have one unless they exert their faith. If they don't. You know, if they don't jump into that thing by faith, they just never have a ministry. They just come to church. 
They don't see God use their life in powerful ways because they don't believe God for it. But you've got to stir up that holy desire to change the world. And then number five is what? Your, your, your work and your financial uh, life. Your work, your job, your financial life. Everybody, how many want to be blessed financially? How many want to be out of debt? Say, I want to be out of debt. How many know that's, the, that's God's will for your life? It is. It's God's will for your life to be out of debt and financially abundant. That's what God wants for your life. But you got to want it. And you got to be willing to, to step into faith to get those things. So those five things are just bumpers that will get you into what do you want in your physical health? What exactly do you want? What exactly do you want in your marriage? What exactly, precisely do you want in your children? What exactly do you want? What is the razor sharp request that you have in respect to your ministry? And what is the razor sharp desire you have for finances and for your career? What are they? If you don't know what they are, you're not going to get them. Right? If you aim at nothing, you'll hit it. <laughs> Every time. If you're aiming at nothing, if you have no goal, you're definitely going to hit it. You're just going to meander through life. God intends your life to be like a laser beam hitting the mark because that's his dream for you. What you are is God's gift to you. What you become is your gift to God. What you are is what God has given to you, is God's gift to you. What you become is your gift to God. This is what you did with what he gave you. And you develop who you are through God's promises and through the power of faith. So preparation, P. Number two, incubation. We talked about it last week. Incubation, where the Holy Spirit was hovering and brooding over the, what was without form and void. Remember, everything God gives you, he gives you in potential form. You have potentially awesome kids. You have a potentially awesome marriage. You have potentially awesome finances. You have potentially awesome ministry, but potential is diddly. You got to hover over that potential with the promises of God. So what am I saying? Just because you said you want it doesn't mean you're going to get it. You got to incubate it. It's like an egg. Your desire is like an egg. God develops that because you might be asking for too little or you might be asking for the wrong thing. You might be saying, Lord, I, I'll just accept an old shack on the river. And God had a mansion in mind. Well, why don't you go for the mansion? I'm using that figuratively as an as a illustration, but it's many times, most of the time, you're desiring much less than what God has for you. So incubation is where God syncs up your will with his will. The Bible says faith is the substance, which means the title deed of those things hoped for. It means the assurance. If you think you're saved and going to heaven, you're probably not. But if you know you are, if you have assurance, if you have a title deed, then you are. There's a transaction that happens in the spirit when you're hovering over that husband, over that situation, and suddenly you get it. And you own it. And no one can take it from you. And so we talked about incubation last week. And, you know, we need to be talking about it until you get it. Look, get that egg of what you want, and then God will massage it with what he wants. And it's going to come out solid gold, and he's going to give you a title for it. And when you have a title for something, I don't care if the, if the bad guys come and steal it, the good guys will go get it for you. I'm talking about in the spirit world. I mean, if somebody takes it from you, if you've got a title for it, it's coming to you. You own it even if you don't see it. Right? Like a lady, some of you, some lady here I'm sure today is pregnant. We don't see that baby, but, but he's there. And that's what it is when you conceive. When you have an assurance, it's as sure a baby as, uh, as anything else is sure, it's certain. 
even though you don't see it yet, it's there. And that's what it is to incubate until you get a title deed. I know those are spiritual words, but I want you to understand these concepts. You incubate, you brood over it with the Holy Spirit until you stop hoping and you know. And now God spoke to you and it's in your spirit. Now today I want to talk to you about the third of the pick, P-I-C, and that is confession. The third stage and the final stage of creation is confession. It is where you speak. See, God, when he speaks, he creates. He wants you to be like that. He wants to know when you release your words, they release power into the spiritual world, and it creates things into motion into the natural world. When you speak, things are removed. When you speak, things come in. When you speak, things happen. Now, if you have your Bible, look at Mark 11, and look at, let's talk about what Jesus said about it. And Jesus answered and said to them, have faith in God. Meaning, I'm about to teach you something. Have faith in God. This is Jesus' teaching on faith. Forget about every other teaching you ever heard that wasn't like this. This is what Jesus says about faith. <clears throat> this is what he says. For verily I say to you, meaning really, truly I say to you, that whatsoever, excuse me, that whosoever shall say, say it with me, say, say it again, say, that whosoever shall say unto this mountain, be thou removed, and be thou cast into the sea, and shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that those things which he saith shall come to pass. What does the Bible say? He shall have whatsoever he, say it with me, say. Now stop right there. There's a lot of saying going on, isn't there? He said, whatsoever things you desire, this is preparation. You desire. When you pray, this is incubation. Believe that you receive them and you'll have them. And whosoever, now he's saying, this is, let me illustrate how it works. If you have a mountain in front of you that needs to be moved, don't pray about it. This is a different way of praying. Speak to it. If you speak to that mountain and say, be thou removed and be cast into the sea and do not doubt the things that you say will come to pass, this is what Jesus said. You will have exactly what you said. It's just words to some people, but to God, it's power because this is what he is saying. Therefore, I say to you, whatsoever things you desire, preparation. When you pray, incubation. Believe that you receive them and you shall have them. Now, understand this. This is a different kind of prayer. He's saying this. When faith is mature, it speaks and moves things. Lord, I just prayed for my kids. You should just do something in their life. Lord, just pray that you help me. Nothing wrong with that kind of prayer. Sounds like I'm mocking, but I'm not because that's, that's how we understand prayer. There's nothing wrong with requests, giving God a request. But when faith is um, <clears throat> conceived, it begins to speak and move things. Let's look at the life of Jesus. Did you see Jesus praying for people? Oh, Lord, I just pray for this man with cancer. I just pray that he'd be healed. No, Jesus said, Cancer, go. And it went. When there was a crippled man, did Jesus say, Lord, I just pray right now 
that this man, although he's been crippled all these years, that you would have mercy on his soul and that he will rise up and begin to walk again. Did Jesus say it? No. He just said, get up and walk. At the tomb of Lazarus, did Jesus say, oh, Lord, I'm just so sorry that my friend Lazarus died, and I just pray if you would thou us have us mercy upon us, and thou will have given us him a, another chance at life that he would be raised from the dead. That's not what Jesus did. Jesus said, Lazarus, come forth. When you see Jesus being overwhelmed with the winds and the waves, and he pray, oh, Lord, stop the rain, he spoke to the rain and said, be quiet and be still, and it did what he said. So we can see that Jesus was operating in mature faith because faith had be, this is what faith looks like when it's finished. It starts off with a, with, a, with a preparation. It begins to mature in incubation when you're asking God. And then it becomes a confession. And then the Lord said, let there be light. And there was light. So you are growing. Don't be embarrassed about where you are right now. You're about to walk in great faith. Don't look. Don't check out and say, I can't. You can do that. You will do that. You will change the world that you live in by the words that come out of your mouth. That's where you're going. I don't know where you are right now, but where you're going is you're going to rise up and stop taking a beating, stop going through the motion. You're going to rise up into the power of faith, and you're going to call those things that are not as though they are, and you're going to bring heaven to earth, heaven to your marriage, heaven to your finances, heaven to your children, heaven to your neighborhood, and to your nation. Look at somebody say, you were born to change the world, even if you don't know it. See, and you are too weak to change the world, but what's inside of you is greater than him that's outside of you. It's, look, you have a connection with one that can change everything. You must develop that connection. I'm just preaching today. I just got my throat almost, almost starting to scream now. <laughs> I'm going to try to be nice, but look, this is exciting to me because it's so true. When faith matures, it speaks and moves things. Say it with me. Say when faith matures, it speaks and moves things. That's where you're going. Look at Romans 10, verse 8. Let's talk about that word for a moment. But what does it say? The word is close to you in your mouth and in your heart. That is the word of faith with which we preach that if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart one believes unto righteousness and with the mouth confession is made to salvation. So we understand that everything in Christianity works this way. It comes in a form of faith inside of you and then it is confessed and it becomes power. You that are going to heaven, which I'm sure is most of you, you that are going to heaven, it's because of one thing. You believe with your heart and you confess, Jesus is my Lord. Bam. You know how this works. You did it. That's how you got into the kingdom. You believe that you're going to be different. You confessed it. Pow, you were different. And you're never the same again, right? Everything in the kingdom works this way. This confession is what's in your heart. You confess when it's in your heart. You confess it with your mouth and you re release power. Now, Here's what I've learned in my life. Uh, if you don't really believe it, you won't confess it. You cannot consistently confess what you do not believe in your heart. 
I mean, you, you can say, by stripes I'm healed, but if you don't believe you're healed, you'll start moaning and complaining like you always were. You're going to talk about what you really believe because you're going to want to be real. Everybody in the end wants to be real. They don't want to be religious. So most of us, even though we believe in God for our great kids, you know, our kids to be awesome and we're praying, if you don't have a title deed on that, you'll still just be critical. Those kids are horrible. Those kids are bad. You know what he needs to do? He, you, what are you confessing? The very thing you don't want, but it is the very thing you believe. You can't help it. Jesus said, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. If you've got a heart full of disappointment, a heart full of fear, a heart full of criticism for your children, that's what you're going to say. I'm not saying you can't be real. There is no, you don't need to say, I'm not sick when you are sick. You can say, I'm sick, but by his stripes, I'm healed. And I'm going to begin to incubate my healing. Then I'm going to declare, I'm going to speak to my body and say, be healed in Jesus' name. I'm going to under, I understand the process. I don't have to fake it. That I can actually just say, I can admit, yeah, my kid's, you know, having some issues right now. But don't major on the issues and don't make it your confession. You got to put that big butt on it. <laughs> big butts that would change your life. <laughs> And I'm not talking about your body. Some of you are like, he's talking about me right now. I am trying to lose the weight. I have been working on it. I didn't even look at anybody when I said it. But there are, the big buts that will change your life is this. You say, you know what? Bobby's acting goofy right now, but I've been declaring over his life. He's about to become a man of God. I can see change coming to him. He's about to, God's about to speak to his life. God's about to rise up on him. I've been seeing it the last couple of days. There's a spark inside of Bobby, and I see God changing him into a man of God. Thank God for the butt. Don't shout me down. <laughs> Don't be, do not paste it on Facebook. I was talking about that today. <laughs> but look, that's a butt that will change your life right there. Well, you, can, it, you don't have to pretend like things are not the way they are. You can say, you know, I'm sick or I'm this or that or we have financial issues. That's okay, but don't make it your confession. Your confession is what you went, you believe what you're going to have, you incubated it, and you begin to declare it in Jesus' name. Finances, debt, be removed from my life. Finances come into my life. Promotion, blessing, wisdom, opportunity is coming into my life. Your whole life is determined by what you're talking about. And you can't speak about what you don't believe. You will constantly talk about what you truly believe. What you believe, you will confess. So there's no substitute for the incubation and being with Jesus. For knowing exactly what you want, incubating it, getting a title deed, because that's what you're going to talk about. That's what, see, when you own something, you talk about it. But when you're not quite sure, you just want to be real. Right, But when you own something, you're like, ah, oh, don't mess with this. Don't, don't, uh-uh, don't say that right there. I, you know, Becca, Becca, I was teasing her last week. Not teasing her, I actually lovingly corrected because she loved the part of that last song that says, the, when the darkness is holding on to me, God is holding on. I said, Becca, don't say that anymore because darkness can't hold on to you. It's not going to hold on. If God's holding on to you, darkness can't hold on to you. The darkness has to let go in Jesus' name. I'm not singing about darkness holding on. I'm singing about darkness letting go. I'm talking about treading on serpents and scorpions and all the power of the enemy. I'm not interested in darkness holding on to me. Darkness has no hold on my life. I'm not going to confess how awesome darkness is. I'm going to confess how awesome his light is. Are you with me? So I could see in the transition, she was like, oh, that's my favorite part of the song. 
And I'm not, uh, I am teasing you publicly, but you get the idea. I wanted you guys, I want you to understand, uh, many times people try to be real, and while they're being real, they're confessing death into their own life. They're confessing bondage. Just like, you need to be real, bro. You don't need to be real. You got enough real. You need some faith. <laughs> I'm not talking about being phony or fake, but listen, you need to stop talking about the way it is. You need to start talking about the way it's going to be. Faith is what's coming into your life. Faith is what God promised your life. Faith is what God has planned for your life, and you need to talk about that. I'm just getting so excited today. Matthew 8, 8 through 10. Then the centurion answered and said, now this is centurion, meaning he's a soldier over a hundred other soldiers. And he has a servant that's sick, and he came to Jesus, and Jesus said, I'll come and pray for him. And, and he said, whoa, 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 and that's where we pick up the story. This is the servant, the, the centurion said, Lord, I am not worthy that you should come under my roof, but only speak a word, and my servant will be healed. For I... Also am a man under authority, having soldiers under me. I understand authority. And I say to one, go. And he goes. I say to another, come. And he comes. And to my servant, do this. And he does it. When Jesus heard it, he marveled. You know you got to do something to surprise Jesus. I mean, you marvel Jesus. He's seen it all. He's heard it all. And now Jesus is like, what did you just say? And said to those who followed us, surely I say to you, I have not found such great faith, not even in Israel. What was the great faith? He said, you don't have to come pray. All you have to do is say it. It's going to happen. See, all you have to do is say, I know how authority works. I've seen it working in you. I know how you are. If you say, my servant's healed, he's going to be healed because I recognize something's going to happen in the supernatural. Someone's going to go. Someone's going to come. Something's going to happen. When you speak, you've got something on you that has authority. Now, this is you. When you come into faith, your words begin to carry the power of life and death. The blessing and cursing, it all becomes part of your life because you're coming to a great part, a great level of faith. And now you're speaking. And Jesus said this, faith is measured by the revelation of power released through the spoken word. Listen, faith is measured by the revelation of the power that's released through the spoken word. That's, how, that's what Jesus said. This is the level of your faith, your ability to speak and move things. To be able to speak, you got that weird, you know, catch in your back. And you've been afraid that, that you've got some, you know, weird thing happening. And you're like, I don't know about that thing. I go to the doctor. And then you're laying down and saying, you know what? I bet you it's a tumor on my, and you know, <laughs> you know how people do crazy things. And, then, and then, then you start going over your mind. It is a tumor. I think it is a tumor. It feels like a tumor. I think it is a tumor. Look at that. Ah, it's a tumor. You know what I'm saying? Because that's how fear speaks. It, it conceives and then it speaks and it says, you know what? You know, if you're afraid of it, go ahead and speak it. Release it. Right? And then you find out it was nothing. You know, you had a pimple on your back. And you're like, whew, whew, I thought it was a tumor. I was sure of it. I was declaring in faith. Right? But instead, you feel something weird in your back and you can, say, you can start you're saying, okay, wait, 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 wait. 
by his, I have a promise. Thank you, Lord, for your promise. By your stripes, I'm healed. Thank you for the blood that was shed from your back that promised me I'm healed from the head to my toes. Now I'm going to begin to see myself strong. My back is stronger than it's ever been. I'm going to be the end of incubate. Thank you for your promise. Lord, I just need an assurance on this promise. I just need a title deed that whatever that weird thing is in my back, and then suddenly, bam, God says, you're healed. Don't worry about it. And then you say, back, hear the word of the Lord. Be healed in Jesus' name. Boop, boop. You say, well, Pastor Brett doesn't work. It, does, it works exactly that way. It works just like that. It's not rocket science. It has to do with living what you believe instead of speaking what you're afraid of. You begin to see fear is a perversion of faith. It's caused those things that are not as though they are. Tells you all the bad things are going to happen. You bond to it and then you speak it. And you attract it to yourselves. Faith. The centurion said, I don't require prayer. Just speak the word. It's another level of prayer where you're saying, kingdom, come. Will be done. It's a different thing. It's a different level of authority. And you're about to come into it in the, level, in the, in the area of your body in the area of your marriage, in the area of your children, you're not going to deny what's wrong, but you're going to be in to incubate God's promise. And you're going to say, thank you, Lord, this is what your promise said. And you're going to incubate till God gives you an assurance. And when you know it, you're going to begin to declare it and release that power over your finances, over your ministry, over your children, over your life. And nothing like Jesus said, nothing will be impossible to you. I can't believe, you can believe it. You just have to step into it. You're going to have to invest a little energy to say, you know what? I don't know a whole lot of what pastor said was true. I'm entering into that. I'm going to stop, throw me something, Mr. Faith, and I'm going to jump into whatever those promises are. I'm going to receive them. I'm going to incubate them, and I'm going to begin to confess those things. Let me give you one more scripture as I get ready to close. Ezekiel 37, 1 through 7. The hand of the Lord came upon me and brought me out in the spirit of the Lord and set me down in the midst of the valley and it was full of bones and he caused me to pass by them all around and behold there were very many in the open valley and indeed they were very dry and he said to me son of man can these bones live? God didn't have him deny that they were dead or how bad the situation, it was without form and void. He said, have a good look at it. Not only were there a lot of dry bones, there a lot of bones, but they were very dry. This is about the farthest thing from an army you can imagine. It was a mess. It was a graveyard where the enemy had attacked and ruined and torn down and ravaged. It was in a valley where there was an ambush and it was the leftovers of a horrible attack. And he sat and walked among those bones, understanding this is a difficult situation. And God said, I want you in this thing. Come on, come in here. Come in here with me. Can these bones live? Let's have a look at those children. Let's have a look at those finances. Can, this, can these bones live? And here's, I love his honest answer. He says, you know. I love that because all of us start right there. 
It's a great, honest place to start. So I answered, oh, Lord God, you know. In other words, there's a moment we don't know the will of God, but we know he knows the will of God. And we don't know if something can turn around, but God knows if something can turn around. And so we've got to attach ourselves to what he believes. This is called incubation. Where you begin to attach yourself to what God believes, to God's promises. And again he said to me, prophesy to these bones and say to them, oh dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. Wait a second. Prophet, speak to bones. Not only is he speaking to bones, he's speaking to ligaments. He's speaking to flesh. He's speaking to skin. I mean, he's... You mean you can prophesy to an object and it will do what you say? Well, he said, here's how you, you want it, you want, you want this to happen? Stop praying about them bones, prophesy to those bones. I love the way he says it. I have adopted the way he says it. Oh, dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. Let's keep reading. Thus says the Lord to these bones. Surely I will cause breath to enter into you, and you shall live. And I will put sinews on you and bring flesh upon you and cover you with skin and put breath in you, and you shall live. Then you shall know that I am the Lord. So I prophesied as I was commanded, and as I prophesied, there was a noise. And suddenly a rattling, and the bones begin to come together. Look, when you speak, things are going to shake. It might not happen in one moment, but you begin to speak over your family. You might not see anything happening, but there's a shaking happening. They might, it might just be a text. Someone texts you and said, Dad, I was just thinking about you. This, that bones are shaking now. Because when you speak, things happen. When you speak, when you come in, see, God said, I want you to see it the way I see it. Then I want you to say it the way I say it. Hear the word of the Lord. This is such a, for me, such a powerful revelation. The declaration, the decree to speak like God speaks about your marriage, about your physical health. To speak like God speaks about your children. Who cares about what you think? Come into God's promises. And here's the way it sounds. It sounds something like this. A physical impossibility, something you couldn't do before. You say, body, hear the word of the Lord. Bones, be strong. Your youth is renewed like the eagles. You have one of those Popeye spinach moments. You can say, belly, go away. I want to see my legs. <laughs> Haven't seen them in years. Go away. And of course, I'm kind of teasing, but you know what? You can do it. You can do it. You can do it. You are where you are because of who you are. You need to start speaking to some things and moving some things out of the way. You can say, resentment in my marriage. Leave. You, you don't even have to be with your husband. You can say, Bobby Joe. 
just pray it through you pray and then you say you incubating Bobby Joe he's going to be a man of God but right now he's just a piece of work and you're like trying to get you're trying not to see him how he is you're trying to see him in the promises suddenly you get, you get a, a revelation moment and it, it gets on you then you say you stop just oh Lord help Bobby Joe stop smoking drinking and looking at pictures you step out of that and you step into Bobby Joe Hear the word of the Lord. Repent. Give up all those things that are hurting you and come into the glory of God. Come into your purpose. Come into your calling. Come into the life that God has for you. Hear the word of the Lord. You said something in the spirit. Bobby Joe started shaking. And Bobby Joe said, you know what? I'm tired of that dope. I don't need that anymore. Look, somebody spoke it. Somebody released it. And it started moving some things out of Bobby Joe's life and moving some things. You can speak to your children. You don't have to be with them. You can prophesy over their life. Cindy, hear the word of the Lord. You're going to be great. Don't be embarrassed about who you are or how you look because you're going to be awesome. And God believes in you. And look, you will, you will tap into a river of a, of a prophetic nature. And you begin to look, everything I'm telling you is true. And nothing is above you. You just, it's a river. Jesus said, out of your belly will flow rivers. You tap into that river and suddenly God begins to show you like a, it's like a, it's like a comic book of the life of your children. And you'll see what's going to happen. And it just starts coming out. And you're going to do this. And you're going to say that. And you're going to be like, wow, I don't even know I could talk like that. (laughs) But something gets on you because all those things you desire, God is already calling the end from the beginning. You say, well, you know, I've been working and I and it's just like there's a devil over me and he's, he, he, he hates God and he's picking on me because I'm a Christian. Nothing I can do about it. Listen, listen, listen. Stop complaining. Begin to incubate over old, you know, Dudley, the boss. You can either curse him or you can say, I'm going to begin to see him. He's come, he's come to church. He's getting right with God. He's getting saved. He's changing. I'm getting favor from him. And then, bam, you're incubating. Instead of thinking about how mean he is, you're going to start seeing him change. You're going to start seeing him transformed. And then, bam, it's going to hit you. You're going to say, Dudley, hear the word of the Lord. Give favor to your servant and promote him and bless him. And the Lord will bless you. You say you can't. Oh, yes, you can This is how God releases his power in the earth, through your mouth and through your heart. You don't just say things. You wait till God gives you a possession, the possession of that, an assurance of those things. And you begin to declare and call those things that are not as though they are. That woman, that that woman that uh, that was suffering from the issue of blood, the Bible says she kept saying to herself, I know if I can touch the hem of his garment, I know I'm going to. She kept saying, guess what? She had exactly what she said. You can say, you know what? I know that by the end of 2018, I'm going to be out of debt. I know. I don't know how it's going to happen, but I just, God gave it to me. God's going to give me that opportunity. I know he's going to give me the opportunity. This is how the kingdom, this is your advantage. This is your blessing that you can step out of your limitations into the promises of God and begin to bring them into the earth. Are you with me? How many of you believe that?
Come on, stand up with me right now. If you don't mind, just lift your hands to Jesus. Because God's about to remove every limitation from your life. That dullness that you've been struggling with. That confusion that you've been struggling with. God's about to remove that from your life. Those fears that you've been struggling with, God's about to remove that from your life. Now, with your hands lifted, I want you to speak to the mountains that have been separating you from your relationship with God. Those mountains that have been standing in your way. I want for a moment, I want you to just decide in your heart if you want that relationship with God. Do you want that? Is that what you want? That close connection with God? Let's do a preparation. Do you, do you see yourself on fire for God? Do you see yourself away from all those compromises and all those substitutes? Do you see yourself out of that depression and that fear? Do you see yourself out of that lukewarm place that you've been? Come on, if not, just see yourself right there. Come on. See yourself at the high water mark where you are walking with God and you are treading on serpents and scorpions. See yourself at another place. You don't have to deal with all that stuff you've been through and mistakes you made. Forget about all that. Just step into a new place right now. And there's only one thing standing in your way, all that guilt, all that shame, all those fears, all those habits. They're standing in your way and saying you can't get right with God. Now I want you to incubate for a minute because you're about to speak and those mountains are about to be removed. Those things that have been keeping you from God, keeping you from God's best, those fears, those anxieties, those worries, those habits, that unforgiveness, that bitterness that's been keeping you from God's best, that's been standing in your way and defeating you, you're about to speak to it in Jesus' name. Come on, I want you to incubate with me that that's been keeping you from God's best that's been standing your way. It's about to get blown out of the way. You're about to be flooded with the presence of God. You're about to be flooded with the goodness and the revelation of who God is. You're about to come into a new place because that that's been in your way is about to be removed out of the way. That that made you dull, that that made you unable to hear clearly, it's about to be removed out of your way. You've been wondering why it's about to be removed out of your way. That behavior that keeps keeping you off track, that thing's about to be removed in a moment from your life. You're not going to have to work at it. It's going to be removed in Jesus' name. You're going to right now just receive an assurance that when you speak to that mountain, Jesus said, if you don't doubt in your heart, it's going to do exact. It's going to be cast into the sea. It's never coming back to your life again. That guilt, that shame, that worry, that fear, that sin, that that past that you struggle with. If look, if you don't doubt in your heart, if you speak to it today, it's going to be cast into the sea, and you're never going to see it or hear from it again. Now I want you to wait for a moment. Let God give you an assurance. He's in this place. The years of wandering for you are over. You're about to come to another place with Christ. Another place of revelation with Jesus. Come on, just, just wait. And God said, let there be light. And there was light. Right now, God is speaking. God is speaking. If you just say it, I'm removing that from you. I'm removing that depression, that family curse. I'm removing that from your life. You're going to speak to it and it's going to be removed. Come on, just hover over. You know, look, God's not denying you got an issue. God's about to remove it. That sickness, God's about to remove it. You're about to speak to it. 
that sadness, that conflict, you're about to speak to it. It's about to be removed and cast and see. You're not going to have to deal with that anymore. That's about to be over because you're about to release the power of God against it. And it's going to do exactly what you say. Wonderful Jesus. Wonderful Jesus. Now, right now, speak in faith. Say, mountain. sadness, that mountain of physical illness, that mountain of doubt, that mountain of obstacles that you've now speak to. You know what it is. You know. Say, mountain, hear the word of the Lord. Be plucked up. Be removed. And be cast into the sea. Right now. separated you from Jesus. It leaves your life right now. Come on with your hands lifted. The Lord is right now severing some bonds that you had with wrong people, people from your past. That there was an emotional bond. The Lord is severing at that moment. The Lord is severing those bonds, the bonds to depression, the bonds to fear, the bonds to immorality. The Lord is severing those bonds right now in Jesus' name. Come on with your hands lifted. Say, Jesus. Christ, you are the Lord of my life. All across the room, say, Jesus Christ, you are the Lord of all of my life. All that I am and all that I have belongs to you. I receive all that you have because I give you all that I have. Remove my past. I repent. I change my mind. I'm not going to live like that. I'm stepping into your purpose. I'm stepping into your destiny. I'm stepping into the glorious life that you have planned for me. Come on, declare over your life. Every mountain is removed and cast into the sea. Every separation is removed and cast into the sea. I decree, I live in the flood of the glory of God. I live in the overflow of the grace of God. As of this day, everything changes. How I feel, how I live, how I think. As of today, everything changes. Let your kingdom come. Let your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Come on, with your hands lifted one more time, I want you to see that heaven is invading your house. Heaven is invading your finances. Heaven is invading your marriage. Heaven is invading your school. Heaven is invading your life. Heaven is invading your worship. Heaven is invading your Bible study. Heaven is causing everything in your life to become glorious. Let your kingdom come. Let your will be done in my life as it is in heaven. Come on. Just see la one more moment before we go. See la think about it. Think about it. Everything's changing. Everything's changing. 
Everything's changed. Come on. Can we sing that song, You Are Good? We got a couple of minutes before 12, you know. Let, let's just, I want you to sila because everything's about to change. That weariness, that tiredness, that dullness that's in your life, it's about to go in Jesus' name. You spoke to it. It's doing exactly what you say. Those bones are shaking. 